Hello, and welcome to a roundtable discussion on the Topic of Page podcast. My name is John Mayer. In this episode, I'm joined by guests for a lively conversation on a topic we hope you'll find interesting. So we just got back, my sister and I, from a brief sojourn down to the Texas Comic-Con 2015. This is down in San Antonio. It's on the north side of San Antonio. Mm -hmm. I live on the south side of Austin, which is part of what made it doable. If Mm -hmm. we had to go through both cities, forget it. I don't think we would have done it. Yeah, I don't think we really went through a single mix master of traffic to get there. No, and that's part of why I was, was interested in going. Uh, we were able to get press badges. It took a little bit of, uh, really, it was a last-minute confirmation of the badges. But, you know, hey, those things happen. Not a big deal. But we had kind of also been thinking, since we hadn't heard back, let's not go. Heard back, what, late Wednesday night? Thereabouts, yeah. For uh, And the thing started, it was a Friday, Saturday, Sunday convention. Um, and we've talked before. I mean, we we go to San Diego Comic-Con, which is one of the big, huge conventions uh, we've been to, you know, the Toronto convention, other large conventions we have not been to, like the New York one and some stuff like that. Those are the upper end of the scale. Mm-hmm. Size-wise. Size-wise. Uh, we've been to some that are smaller, or at least were at the time we went. Uh, more kind of regional stuff, I would say. Uh, Two-degree C2E2 is kind of the upper end of that spectrum. Dragon Con, things like that. Uh, and then you've got... At the lower end of that spectrum, kind of your wizard shows. We've done the San Antonio one. We've done the Austin one. But then you've got what I would consider kind of your starter level convention. And I mean that from an attendee point of view. Yeah, well, you're you're genuinely local Comic-Con. A city-based one where, generally speaking, would you go from, you know, a city or two over? Yeah, maybe, but you wouldn't go any further than that. Yeah. Uh, by and large, other than the, uh, the the big name guests, I would be surprised if somebody flew into San Antonio for this convention. And I don't mean that as any sort of disparaging remark. It's not. That's not what they're setting out to do. No, it's an excellent convention for the locals. Exactly. Now, we are kind of the, the far edge of the local locals, if you know what I mean. Because, again, we're in Austin, so we had uh, about a 90-minute commute. Mm-hmm. Uh, or at least it would have been a, a 90 minute commute. Uh, so three day convention didn't get confirmation in time to take the Friday off, so didn't do that, which is a shame. There was a Q and A session with George Perez and John Wesley Ship also uh, have one yesterday. Oh, he had that yesterday. I yeah. didn't realize that. I, okay, uh, different ones, obviously. Mm-hmm. John Wesley Ship, the guy who played the Flash in the original one, who plays Henry Allen, the Flash's father in the current Flash show. Um. George Perez is, of course, artist extraordinaire. Uh, he's also done quite a bit of writing. He did Crisis on Infinite Earths, New Teen Titans. Uh, he did uh, one of the re- well. He did the reboot of of Wonder Woman after Crisis on Infinite Earths. He's doing uh, Sirens over at Boom Studios. He's worked at CrossGen. He's worked at Marvel. I mean, you name it. He's at one point he was practically the definition of big name hot artist. Yeah. And I'm not saying he's not now, but there are – the industry has changed a bit since then. And he's not doing the big crossover titles at Marvel and DC these days, whereas at one point he did the big crossover between Marvel and DC, JLA Avengers. Mm-hmm. 
So at one point, I mean, you could have filled a convention center that size just on his name alone. Well, and if he's the artist I'm thinking of, he did that huge work with... All the Avengers and all the Justice Leaguers? I was going to say a phenomenal number of characters in one piece. It had 208 or 209 characters on the comic book page website. We've got a a map of it. At least we did an answer key of who everyone is. At least I think we have it still up there. I had it up there at one point. I don't remember if I've kept that up there or not. I, If not and somebody wants it, shoot me an email. I'll put it back up. Uh, funny story there. He did this uh, 10 years ago thereabouts. Mm-hmm. I had the website up and I'm like, you know, I read the Avengers. I read the Justice League. I have for a long time. I can name a lot of these. I wonder if I can name them all. And of course, I could not. There are a lot of other people on the web, and between various people, it's like, okay, I'm able to, no, no, he's wrong here, he's got this wrong, but this is right. You know, I was able to assemble what I thought the right answer was. And it took some digging around, some some help from some other people, and posted up on, on the web page. Now, they had done, he had done, George Perez had done the original thing, and then, I don't know if it went to editors or what happened, but about four characters got added mm. after the original cut. Interesting. So I had started in the upper right corner, figuring, okay, wherever the face is, let me just circle that, put a number, because I need somewhere to reference who's who. Mm-hmm. And I would travel that along to the right, and then I think I would go from the right and kind of circle back to the left, down, and just kind of zigzag mm-hmm. in a very, you know, meth- there's a pattern to the numbering, okay? Mm-hmm. Esoteric though it may be, except for those last four, because they came later. So it's like, okay, that's 204, 5, 6, or whatever they were. I mention that because it gives it a fairly unique ordering of stuff that almost anybody else probably would have just picked a different methodology for going through. Mm -hmm. When it came time after the series, because that was the cover for Justice League Avengers number three, when it came time for the hardcover slipcase edition, they did a companion book and put in an answer key. Which just so happened to be mine. Hmm. Uncredited and... Uncredited, etc. And as best I can tell, what happened was somebody had said, well, we need to put a, you know, it'd be cool to put that in there. Somebody said, well, here's this list. And they had grabbed it from my site or somewhere who'd grabbed it from my site, whatever. Um, But clearly it was the list I had. Um, Because there were one or two versions of characters. uh, It was like uh, Bloodwind. And there's the original or the real Bloodwind in Martian Manhunter posing as Bloodwind. Visually, they're identical. Mm-hmm. So I had basically picked one and as one and one as the other. You know, and there's enough things like that that it's like, you know, they're not going to have done it the same way without having lifted it. Mm-hmm. But somebody along the, the line thought, well, we've got this list. It must have come from George. Yeah. So it must be right. You know, it must be official, whatever. So I, I don't think there was any malicious intent. I certainly don't think uh, George Perez or, or anyone of the sort was, you know, just lifting this and doing it. I'm sure George had his own list. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. You know, because he's got enough OCD, I think, that he wanted to make sure he had everybody. Just because yeah. he's known for highly detailed art and, and kind of Perez rubble. Well, I was going to say the high detail is what made me think of this piece. Well, and again, that's what he's known for. The Perez rubble is... is he doesn't just allude to there being rubble. He draws the rubble. He goes for the detail. He's a phenomenally detailed and uh, uh, just great artist. So he was there uh, as one of the big name artists. Ethan Van Skyver, another big name artist. Um, but 
uh, getting down to the convention took us a little bit of time. Now, in all honesty, we made it within two miles of the convention center in excellent time. There was a panel we wanted to go to at noon today. We said, okay, let's leave here around 10. We got out, what, 10, 15, 10 minutes, about 7 minutes 10 minutes, minutes early. early, yeah. So we were doing good. We made great time going down there, and we're like, okay, let's stop for a quick bite to eat. We've got about an hour before this panel. We're doing good, but I want to go in with some food in me. Mm-hmm. That's always a mistake. From now on, I am starving you. We stop at a Chick-fil-A. We have a quick bite to eat. Uh, we're both gluten-free. I'm also dairy-free. Chick-fil-A now has grilled chicken nuggets that are gluten-free on their menu. And waffle potato fries. And waffle potato fries and soda. So it's, I'm not saying it's great, you know, healthy food, but it's good tasting food and I enjoyed it. And when there are lots of places where you can't have the fries. Yes. That's, yeah, that's that's one of the things that does kind of you stink know. about uh, the, the wheat yeah. or the gluten allergy is how many places... Uh, it, it rules out. And anyone who, who wants to understand why, there's this thing called cross-contamination. If the oil is shared mm-hmm. with other stuff, it's bad. Now, to understand that concept, anyone who is not gluten-free, go to a Burger King. Order either French fries or onion rings. I defy you to get that order filled without one of the other in there. Yeah. If that's not the epitome of cross-contamination. And again, they're not saying they don't do that. I mean, they share a fryer. Well, the funny thing is, when we were little kids, and we didn't know we had this problem, it was pre-diagnosis, we used to order the fries, and there'd be an onion ring in there, and we thought that was the greatest bonus ever. Exactly. Bonus prize. Scored an onion ring. Awesome. Because I love the onion rings. Yeah. Who knew? Yeah. Get done with the meal. Head out to the car. Put the key in the ignition. Turn the key. Nothing. I think you broke your wrist. I don't think I broke the wrist. I think the car... This is not the first time this car has had this problem. That's true. But we had this three months ago. The I magic was, of the wrist is gone. I was picking you up, at, or yeah, from dropping your car at your dealership. Dad was in the car with me. We're sitting there. I turn it off because we're parking, waiting for you to get done. Okay, you're coming over. I turn the ignition. Nothing. But I wasn't in the car last time, so I am not a common denominator. No. Thank you. And you provided the guy who could jumpstart the car so we could take it back to my dealership where it had just come from. I was very useful last time. So this time, quick call to AAA. It took a little bit of time for them to get there. From the moment we called to the moment we were back on the road, just under an hour. True, true. And they put a new battery in the car in the process. Yes, they replaced the battery. The guy got there before the time they said he would be there by. Mm -hmm. He made good time. And he'd have been there probably five, ten minutes earlier if they had been a little clearer as to exactly where I was when they dispatched him. And in all honesty, that might have been aided by us knowing where we were but when you're in a city you don't live in you don't necessarily give the best directions to where you are in fairness i gave the cross streets of the two major freeways we were at the corner of Mm -hmm. told them we were at the chick-fil-a at that corner so Mm -hmm. i think i gave decent directions we pulled up the street address off the gps we tried yeah very hard we tried but Uh, anyway but there were multiple Chick-fil-A's and I think that confused yeah. Anyways, they found them. But what that meant is we had spent, well, you'd gone into Walmart to go shopping because it was right there. Hey, I'm a girl. What can I say? I spent most of that hour in the, uh, sitting in the car in the sun, you know, whatever, uh, sweating a little bit because it's Texas in the summer. It's a hundred degrees today. 
So I was a little hot and sweaty by the time we got to the convention, and, of course, we missed the noon panel I'd wanted to go to. Not a big deal, but a little kind of, you know, it's just that's that's the way the luck goes kind of deal. Yeah. Now, I will say in terms of the location of this convention, it was at Shrine Auditorium in San Antonio. Yeah, right off uh, 1604. Yeah, I think physically where the location is, incredibly easy to get to. I love that we didn't go into San Antonio at all. For those not familiar with San Antonio, you've got the main part of the town, downtown and stuff, where the Alamo is and such. And then it's got kind of this outer loop around it, the uh, 1604 mm-hmm. freeway, highway, whatever you want to call it. Um, so you're kind of on the outer edge, if you will, of town. Mm-hmm. And it's still fairly built up. I mean, it's not particularly rural or whatever, but it's this is very much in my mind where San Antonio, at least on this side of it, ends. Yeah. Um, so it was able to kind of, you know, we're on, again, the equivalent uh, side of, of, of Austin, so... Skate along the edge of Austin, go down uh, Interstate 35, go down 1604. We're right there. I mean, it was easy getting there. Yeah. Which is part of why we made good time. Yeah, it was fantastic. And I think for the locals in San Antonio, I think the fact that they were going out of the city was good for them also. Um, A lot of people were coming and going as we got there, which was really about one o'clock by the time we got there. And part of it, And I suspect when they planned the convention, they have no way of knowing because it doesn't seem to be the same weekend every year. And this is what, the fifth year they've done it? Yeah. But there's a weekend in August every year that Texas does as a no sales tax weekend on basically back to school items. I don't think it's just Texas. I think it's almost maybe not totally nationwide, but I think a lot of other uh, states do it. Interesting. Whether they do it the same weekend or not, don't know. But it's typically, they do it this time of year, uh, early August, as parents need to kind of get new clothes for kids, Mm -hmm. getting ready for school, that kind of a stuff. Yeah. And it's just kind of a a concession of, you know, at least once a year, you're going to have to kind of stock up and resupply on Mm -hmm. shirts, jeans, you know, particularly Mm -hmm. when you've got kids and stuff. Yeah. And it's not limited to kids' clothing, et cetera. It's for all ages, which I appreciate. But it is limited to clothing, but not athletic stuff. Mm-hmm. The The item has to be under $100. I mean, there's there's rules. Yeah. So it's not like you can go buy a, a new Armani suit or something. Yeah. But that's why I refer to it as a back-to-school yeah. promotion, is when you think school, it's probably falling within this category. I mean, the fact that we... We're near two malls over the course of the route, but we were never in something where we had to go through the thick of kind of that shopping traffic. Yeah. Well, and that was the other thing I liked about this location. It wasn't right next to some major mall or some major even strip mall. So the traffic wasn't bad. It was on the access road and it was a nice mix of not being right in the thick of things Yet not being out in the boonies in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. There were lots of restaurants nearby. It it was really a very convenient, very nice location, I felt. I, I would agree. And I don't know if I've been in that location before. I don't think so. Not, I'm not aware of having ever gone there or even known it was there before. But it is set up in the, the convention had two main rooms, kind of the dealer room that had a stage. And a uh, an, uh, another room they used for Artist Alley. Mm-hmm. Um, 
the parking lot was was huge. Mm-hmm. And there were a lot of people kind of double parked. The place was pretty much filled to capacity, if not then some. Yeah. And they had an area kind of behind the building that may have at one point been meant as an auxiliary parking lot, but was being used as a food truck court. Yeah, I thought that was a smart move. Mm-hmm. Um, there were a couple of things about this convention that really kind of impressed me. Uh, first off, going to San Diego, that's one end of the spectrum. This is, again, the more... Uh, uh, smaller is not the right word, but more, more kind of intimate or whatever kind of a convention. You're likely to find, mean, you're going to find dealers that simply aren't going to travel to a huge convention. It's not worth their time. It's not profitable for them, whatever. Well, and they're the local stores that you wish you knew about, especially if you're new to town. It's a great way to find out about, again, the, the local comic stores, gaming stores, toy stores, and other geek stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's, you're able to, to kind of find uh, – uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, for me, I found a lot more of the Japanese uh, uh, Super Sentai toys, Power Ranger toys, and stuff like that at this convention. And granted, we're seeing more of that in San Diego and stuff. But since some of the major guests were uh, Blake Foster, I think uh, – hand me your tablet so I can get the names right. Are you yeah, on? the names are hard to read. I'm going to warn you on the webpage because they're overlapping with the what day they're in attendance and stuff. So I, I can read enough. Okay. Um, so Blake Foster, who was the Blue Turbo Ranger. Uh, Barbara Goodson, who was uh, Rita Repulsa. Robert Axelrod, who was uh, the voice of uh, Lord Zed. Um, I don't know if he played the part physically or not. He might have. Uh, and Catherine uh, Sutherland, who was the... Uh, Second, Mighty Morphin Pink Ranger. She was also the Pink Turbo Ranger and the Pink Zeo Ranger. So there were, from the original uh, uh, early Mighty Morphin Power Ranger stuff, not the original Rangers, but ones that came soon after, and the original villains. So there was a lot of people dressed up as Power Rangers. Mm. There was a lot of the Super Sentai type stuff. So I I found that very enjoyable. Mm -hmm. Well, and there were several stores that are... Texas chains so we have branches of up here in Austin that their stores or well one of them uh, kind of stops at San Marcos which is 30 miles from here but anyways there's stores I'm familiar with Mm -hmm. stores I go to once or twice a year but at their booths I saw things I'm like oh wait a sec I never thought of going there to look for that yeah why wasn't I you know and I actually talked with one of the guys at one of the booths I'm like you know, that should have occurred to me. It it does perfectly fit with what your store is and what you sell. I just hadn't put two and two together. I'm so glad you were here and made me aware of that. Well, one of the booths, I was looking at some of the stuff they had, and it's like, ooh, this is an interesting place. A toy dojo. I'd never heard of them. They had a nice, and this was a smart thing for them to do. They had little kind of uh, flyers, bookmark type size things of here's our website toyjojo.com i'm a huge fan of bookmarks well for me the fact that they had a business card a flyer a postcard something i could take with me Mm -hmm. pointing me to their website because it's like everything i saw there that i wanted i had well but i guess my point is business cards i take it i put it somewhere i probably remember it and it's useful don't get me wrong but bookmarks I'll use that bookmark for 10, 20, 30 days and see it repeatedly. That's fair. I guess for me, the uh, 
business card is easier to, to carry around. I can get a stack of those and then just go through them when I'm done. But the bottom line is having something. Yes. And again, the bookmark, that's a, a good point of if, if you're a, a frequent reader of books, you're going to hang on to that for mm-hmm. a while. But now I've got something as a tangible reminder when I'm back up at my computer to, oh, I should go check out their website and see. It's like, okay, they've got the, uh, the, um, crap, I'm blanking on the name, the changing device, the, the morpher, if mm-hmm. you will, uh, from, uh, Gokaiger. Um, and they had both the, the main one and the, the, the sixth ranger one, the silver ranger one. And it's like, I've got both of those, the Japanese versions, but if they've got those mm-hmm. and I'm looking for other Japanese morphers from earlier seasons, which I am, that's now a place to go look at. Yeah, definitely. Because um, I, I typically shop at uh, Image Anime for these things and they, they do a great job. Their shop out of New York, uh, the stuff comes in great condition or whatever, but I can't search past orders I've placed with them on their website. Mm-hmm. So if I don't track what's going on, it's a little hard to keep track of it. Um, and, you know, it's just if it, I'd like to have other options. They're, they're yeah. a great place. I've done a lot of business with them. And it was one of those that recently, um, you, you may find this funny or not, uh, there was a, a toy I'd wanted. There's, um, and I saw a lot of the SH Figure Arts stuff at this Texas mm. Comic Con. Uh, but one of the, the lines they've been doing is for the Avengers movies. Okay. Mm. So I'd ordered the ones from the first one, and I don't know that they made all of them that they said they were going to, because I never saw the Hulk one being offered anywhere. But for Age of Ultron, mm-hmm. they, of course, use this as an excuse to do another Captain America, another Iron Man. This time they do the Hulk, which I actually have now. But then they had also decided to do Hulkbuster armor for Iron Man. And I tried to order this at one point, and oh, it's sold out. And I'm like, man, if I'd realized it was, you know, going to do that, whatever, I'd have ordered it sooner. But I put it off because it's really kind of damn expensive. Mm. Um, but then it's like, I thought after a while that they'd put it back on their site and that I had ordered it. Turns out I hadn't, even though in my notes, it's like, yep, I had. I'm like, well, where is the uh, the order number for that? And I'm searching my email, can't do it, finally email them and... Like, yeah, we don't have any record of that. Sorry. Uh, but thanks for all your business because they'd gone through and seen all my business. So I've since placed that order mm. with them. But having another place, even if it's in San Antonio, that I could just drive down periodically and say, ooh, you've got this, this, and that. Mm-hmm. That's worth doing. Mm-hmm. So um, for me, part of the fun of the convention is seeing what there is to buy. Sometimes it's buying it. Sometimes it's not. Uh, having just spent over $100 on a new car battery. Mm-hmm. A little less shopping than I might have done otherwise. Well, and just getting a feel for the local stores. And like I said, because some of them are either affiliated with stores here in Austin or are part of chains like Hastings, Half yeah. Price Books, etc., that have a branch within striking distance, even though it wasn't in our town, the stores are local enough to us that, to me, it was fascinating. I mean, there was one store... That had uh, trading cards, which is a habit I have fiercely broken because mm-hmm. I do nothing with them. Yeah. But I was fascinated because I'm like, I didn't know this series, uh, TV show Psych, had trading cards for the first four seasons. And uh, the TV show Arrow has a big deck of trading cards. I might have known because there is still a trading card section in the Diamond Previews catalog. Interesting. But it's also one of those things I do nothing with the cards, so mm-hmm. I too. Just kind of just like, I'll flip over that. I don't need that. See, on the one hand, I don't need it. But on the other hand, if they had had the arrow cards in a notebook, 
I would have loved to pour through them and see what images they chose and what they did with them. I will say if somebody did a set of trading cards that were a la baseball cards, in other words, full shot images of the characters with information on the back of the Power Rangers and the Super Sentai figures, yes, I would buy them. Yeah. I will freely admit to that. All right. Now, two things this convention did that I thought, you know, uh, brilliant in terms of making it uh, viable in the facility they had mm-hmm. and just other local conventions, if they aren't doing this, hey, here's an idea. Uh, they seem to have partnered in some fashion with uh, Papa John's, which is a pizza place. Yeah. Uh, we can't eat there. I refer to their menu as poisonous to celiacs. Again, but, gluten, casein. Yeah. That's pizza and uh, crust and cheese. So for yeah. me, out. So we did Unless not. It's gluten free. Yeah. yeah. We did not go near Papa John's to pursue what was going on, how it was going on. But the fact that people could go buy an entire pizza and sit down in the food court at this shrine auditorium that seemed to have no kitchen, et cetera, et cetera. So they found a facility with no on-site food court options and made it a place where people could come stay the whole day. They could drop their kids for the day. In addition to the pizza in the the edge of the dealer's room there, that was where it opened out. And it's like, yeah, because we were looking around and I, I don't know if that was a kid that was associated with the thing. He's like, yeah, it's, it's three bucks for the pizza. They've got the soda over there. Mm-hmm. Out there is the food court. They got a couple of trucks. I'm like, wow, that kid was incredibly helpful. It seemed to be a teenager attendee who just saw two people older than him that were clearly baffled and needed help. And I'm grateful he took pity on the ditzy blonde. He was really nice and, and, and helpful. I appreciated that. Incredibly um, polite about it and very forthcoming with the, I haven't been to the food trucks to know how expensive it is, but the pizza doesn't seem too bad. And everybody's saying the sodas are really affordable. Okay, well, that's kid. the other partnership we got to talk about. Yeah, that's the one. This, to me, was a masterstroke of brilliance. Yeah, though. was, to me, one of the things that made the trip worth doing just in and of itself. I it, want you to read it, though, based on the title. On the brilliance, I, I scored a 10. Okay, read off the title. The Coca-Cola Lounge Sensory Overload Experience. All weekend, Coke samples. They did indeed have Coke samples. It was the eight ounce uh, bottles that are all red, kind of the metallic looking thing, ice cold. Yes. And I'm like, wow, you know, I'm sitting here. We've just walked the convention floor. I can get a free drink. And I love I, this. Did I mention it was a hundred degree day? And that I'd spent an hour of it waiting. Not, yeah. You know, not just waiting. The guy was there for half the time, but getting my car fixed. Um, <laughs> I thought that was just a brilliant. It, it is the polar opposite of... You know, getting charged three bucks for a thimble of soda or mm. however much soda at, at any convention center. Mm-hmm. For them to just, yeah, here, take one. You take, take, take two. You want three? Here's a third. Mm-hmm. My only complaint is that it was billed as a sensory overload experience. That's not your only complaint. <laughs> okay. Your other complaint was that they didn't have a Diet Coke sensory overload experience. That's true. I felt unloved. And I could see it's just, to me, they should have had... Uh, one, I'm perfectly happy with just the Coke. I took advantage of it and was quite happy with that. But have either the Coke Zero or the Diet Coke, something like that. Something to where everybody who is not, you know, avoiding caffeine or carbonation or whatever walks away happy. Mm-hmm. And again, I was very pleased with the the Coke stuff. 
I don't know how they set that up, why they set that up, but I thought that was brilliant. Yeah, well, and I will mention that Coca-Cola is the bottlers of Dasani water. So even if they hadn't had my Diet Cokes, they could have had water, and I'd have been happy with something other than fully loaded high-octane I'll be honest, I was not expecting what we got in terms of that. I was expecting more like what they had at San Diego Comic-Con at the Nerd HQ with the uh, oh, put yes. your name and get a personalized one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this, I mean, again, it's it's eight ounce little bottle. I I, I can drink that pretty quick. Yeah. Uh, but it was again ice cold. Uh, the, the the good air conditioning in the room. But again, it was hundred degree day. Endless supply of Coca Cola for all the attendees, and no line because it was that endless and readily available. Yes. A supply. Uh, to me, that was just brilliant. It was a really cool mm-hmm. touch, and it made the the convention. I mean, to me, I'm there for the comics. I'm there for the toys. I'm there for the experience of what is the the San Antonio culture like for this. Mm-hmm. But I thought that was just uh, whoever's idea it was. It was brilliant. I commend Coca Cola for doing that kind of sponsorship. Mm-hmm. Uh, it certainly took my goodwill towards them up. Yeah, well, not that it was low to begin with. I was gonna say I. I'm a Coca-Cola drinker, you know, diet, but I'll admit that up front. But I had been seeing the bottles sitting on exhibitor tables and artist alley tables as we were walking around. And I hadn't fully connected. These aren't the bottles I'm used to seeing. Again, these are the solid red eight ounce bottles, not what you pick up at your local Target or Walmart or convenience Mm -hmm. store at a gas station. Yeah. But for branding purposes... Oh, they were great. Iconic Coca-Cola Red with Coca-Cola. Yeah. I mean, this was definitively a Coca-Cola site for the day. It was great. Uh, Pepsi uh, could do this. Almost anything, any beverage brand could do this. Um, But to me, I was very pleased it was Coca-Cola just because I prefer that. Mm Mm-hmm. But hell, even if I hadn't, it's like, well, they've got it. I like it. I'll drink it kind of a thing, even if I was a Pepsi person. Yeah. Um, And if it had been Pepsi, it's like, I'm a Coke person, but, you know, it's free. It's there. It's nice. It's refreshing. I need that. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. If it was other than Coke or Pepsi, don't know if I'd have taken advantage of it again. Food allergy types concerns. Yeah. And just, uh, I'm not familiar with it. Do I like it or not? But smart move really cool and it just made for a a very enjoyable convention it's like i've walked around a bit i'm tired this is a nice refreshing break yeah and like you said zero line endless supply it was uh for me it was needed because when we had first walked in the door i was expecting walk in go a little ways to in the lobby to to get the thing no no you as you're walking in the door immediately on the other side of the door that's their 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 table of We'll hand you the badge. Oh, you're with press. Oh, you're not on our list. And I'm cool. And of course, at this point, I'm thinking, you know, I've just driven an hour and a half, spent an hour in the Texas sun waiting for AAA, which got there quick, and then fixing the battery, uh, diagnosing, fixing whatever. You know, all in sudden done. The fact it only took an hour is amazing. Yes. But I'm two and a half hours into this, and you're saying, well, actually a little more because we had lunch. Yes. Uh, so three hours into this, and I'm thinking, you don't have my name on this. I may not even be able to get in the door, but it was one of those we just explained. Hey, we heard back from so-and-so with the press badge. Showed him the email. Sh- yeah, showing him the email. He looked at it and said, oh, yeah, looks good. Uh, you're not on the list, but you know, here's your badge. Here's your badge. They mm-hmm. were really cool about it. 
And, yeah. And no hassle. No, are you sure? No, no, I mean, it's just justify that you've got the the thing. You mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. You know. So it's not like anyone could just walk in. Oh, I got a press badge and get in. But mm-hmm. it they, there was zero line at the door. Yeah. And they had two or three doors open for this, so they were able. To, and we had to wait a little bit for the person in front of us. But that's it. Mm-hmm. And there never seemed to be a line, so they seemed to have. Now, granted, this was halfway through the convention. Yeah. You know, middle of the noon of the second day, actually one o'clock the second day, uh, a little after. Uh, versus, you know, they had been open yesterday, it'd be open tomorrow. Mm-hmm. But nice badges. Uh, it was kind yes. of a. Um, how would you describe those? I'm not sure where we've got um, those. I've got them over here. So it's it's got the usual lanyard type stuff, but this is almost more of a shoelace sort of a lanyard versus the the usual one. But it's a like a frosted laminate, not laminated, but like a frosted plastic kind of a thing. I would almost say it's like a frosted business card with a hole at the top to make it fit on a lanyard. Definitely business card size. It's got their Texas Comic Con logo, 2015. Mine has some kind of a number, 2015, mm-hmm. and like 1437. Yeah, you, and I have a different number. So it's the badge number. Yeah. And then they have three circles at the bottom for days. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah. We told him we were just down for the day, so he punched out Sunday, so it wouldn't work for there, presumably. Yeah. On the back, it's got when it's open to the public, it's got the uh, website for the con. Yeah. It's a very minimalist kind of a thing. Uh, no indication that we were press on it, which no. I would have preferred appreciated if they'd done it but not a mm-hmm. big deal but cool looking badge functional badge it's it's one of those that you wear it all day and it's it, to me i forgot i was wearing it yes never do that with a comic-con badge no because those things are huge and, and cumbersome no barcode no way to give people your information but it's not that kind of convention no it's not so the fact that we got in the door with you know it 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 took them a little longer than if we'd just been on the list, but really not that much longer. Yeah. I think it took us less time than other places where we have been on the list. Yes. But then immediately thereafter, boom, you're in the convention. You're almost immediately at the uh, 501st Legion. Yeah. Kind of the, the fan groups or whatever. Yeah. And they had some excellent, uh, not just photo backdrops, but they had some Ewoks you could pose with and stuff. What I loved, it was like a little part of the Ewok village, presumably after the Battle of Endor, because they've got, you know, speeder bike uh, trooper helmets, they've got stormtrooper helmets, It's they've mm-hmm. got their little uh, uh, trophies from the battle. Yeah, it was nice. And then over in the corner, there was an R2 unit that somebody was driving around or whatever. What I thought was kind of funny is as we're waiting for the person in front of us in line to, to get their badge and stuff, I'm pointing out to you somebody in a classic original uh, George Perez design Nightwing costume. And then over a little ways, somebody in the more modern black with just the logo kind of Nightwing costume. I'm like, yeah, they're the same character. No. And I just thought it was funny because the, the, I don't know that I've ever really seen or at least recall seeing one in the classic uh, uh, dark and, and light blue with yellow highlights, uh, George Perez version of the Nightwing costume. Hmm. And the colors really popped on that costume. Mm-hmm. Uh, the mask, yeah, maybe could have been better, whatever. It, but uh, I could nitpick that. But the rest of it, it's like, yeah, he did great. You know? Yeah. The the costumes I saw, yes, there are a couple. It's like, yeah, not so good. There are others. It's like, this is really well done stuff. Yeah. And- the minute we got in there and we're in the thick of it, 
it was clear that this was an exceedingly well-attended convention. Oh, yes. And I don't know how much uh, the venue can hold. I don't know how many people they had, but I think those numbers are very close. Yes. Because I thought it was a little bit of a claustrophobic convention in some respects. And certainly in Artist Alley, I I was very tempted to do this as we were walking out to just outstretch my hands mm-hmm. and see if I could touch both tables on either side at the same time because I am certain I could. Yeah. I don't. I think it was pretty much that way in the exhibit hall too. And what that meant is if there was any one person who stopped in the aisle, the aisle stopped. When we first came in, there was uh, the uh, newer Nightwing costume posing for photos with somebody's two-face. There was a death stroke coming down the hall. There was enough photo bubbles to be a little congested. And just when you've only got six feet, maybe mm-hmm. more like five, it felt like from the booth on your left to the booth on your right... And you've got uh, other people in the aisle because, again, it was a very well attended. It was hard to kind of see in some of the booths or whatever, which well, is, I think, part of what makes it a perfect starter convention for yes. somebody. Because if you can't deal with that, yes, do not go to San Diego. Well, and they did have a nice area set aside with their official backdrop and a taped off perimeter, if you will, for photos. When you first get in, you've got the little lobby area where they had the fan groups. But then when you go into the exhibit hall, there are two doors. And kind of between them, it's a little alcove kind of behind that almost. Mm -hmm. That's where they had that area with their backdrop, their logo. I thought that was a brilliant move. Yeah. I wish more people had been taking advantage of that. Yeah. But I also get the I'm walking down the aisle. I see something. I want to take the photo aspect. Yeah. So there was that. But it's one of those things where for me personally... Mm-hmm. That many people in that kind of a space, that kind of chaos. I, I loved it. I, I I enjoyed the booths and stuff like that. But there's only a certain amount. It's like, okay, I'm done. Now, two of the things I saw at booths that I don't think I've seen at conventions before. Uh, one was a booth that had custom-made little Lego figures. And mm-hmm. up on the wall, he had, they they reminded me of a Happy Meal boxes yes, from when I was did. a kid. But the mystery box. Yes, with, he'd put a Lego logo on the side, and they were different colors. And I got the impression that the color of the box was kind of tied to maybe the colors of the bricks inside or something. Or maybe the theming. Yeah. Okay, I didn't pick up on that, but that makes sense. And then there was the other booth on that first aisle when we went in Mm -hmm. that was on the far left of the the hall. The treasure chest. The treasure chest. Mm -hmm. It was basically people trying to do their own curated Mm -hmm. mystery box. Yeah. Which I thought was very interesting. I have not seen that elsewhere either. Yeah. But the last convention of this size that we went to would have been the... um, Capital City one here in town last year before Comic-Con. Yeah. Um, which is interesting because I think uh, Catherine Sutherland might have been at that one. The Pink Ranger 2 may, may not have been. Interesting. I know there were Power Rangers there. I don't remember which ones. Interesting. I don't know if it was the same ones or not. I'd have to, yeah, I'd have to double check. I don't remember. Yeah. So, but yeah, these curated boxes that were done by local stores yeah. was something I hadn't seen before. It's a very interesting idea. Um Mm-hmm. And then again, I saw a lot more of the Power Ranger toys, some of the Super Sentai stuff. 
mm-hmm. uh, than I have at other conventions. And again, that was one of the main draws for this. The people headlining at the top of their celebrity section, the first four names were, were Power Ranger uh, actors and stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Um, they had John Wesley Ship there from mm-hmm. the, the, the Flash and stuff. Didn't see a whole lot of Flash stuff. Mm-mm. Um, trying to think what else really stood out in terms of, I mean, there were quite a few comic dealers, uh, a fair amount of back issues. I noticed one comic dealer had um, kind of preset bundles of comics. I noticed comics. the one that had the bundles, yes. Yeah, and it it struck me that they weren't grab bags per se, but they were specifically set up bundles. What I, I didn't really pay too much attention to that. I wasn't really looking for back issues, but what I've seen in other places, I know Austin Books here in town does this. Four issue miniseries comes out, they gather the four issues, they bundle that, sell it as a set. Yeah. Kind of rolling their own trades, if you will. Yeah, and that was the impression I got from this. Yeah, same here. Other times, if it's an ongoing series, here's a, a six issue arc of it, or here's a, a, a one year run of it, or whatever made sense. Mm hmm. Um, and those can be very effective ways for titles you're interested in but haven't read to really accumulate quickly uh, bunches of them versus trying to hunt down every issue. Mm-hmm. So I think that, I mean, to me, I miss that aspect because San Diego just doesn't have that. And that's part of why it's fun to go to this type of show mm-hmm. is, am I going to find everything I would possibly want? No, not at all. But what I'm going to find here. Is going to be very different than a convention of this size, say, in L.A. Mm-hmm. or New York mm-hmm. or uh, Nashville or Dallas or yeah. Houston even. Well, and to me, it was very different than the Wizard conventions in that at the Wizard World Comic Cons, the San Antonio one and the Austin one had, it felt like probably 80% of the vendors were the same at the two conventions. Absolutely, because Wizard is a traveling show. Yeah. Whereas this was, if it wasn't 100% local stores, it certainly gave the feeling of being that way. The way I would do it, it kind of explain that, Wizard World is your chain restaurant. Yes. Yes. And they're Same b- idea, different, different locations. They're bringing the chain to you. Mm-hmm. This Texas Comic Con, the Capital City Comic Con, conventions of that size mm-hmm. local city-based ones that often are in shrine or auditorium type places um they're more imagine a food court at a mall with all local places yeah it's kind of a well you're probably going to have a mexican you're probably going to have an italian probably going to have this or that but mm-hmm. the specifics are going to be very different mm-hmm. it may be great stuff but you go to that sort of a food cart across the country and you're going to have regional mm-hmm. differences yeah well and just like a food court you know in the back of your mind they've got a smaller kitchen. They've probably got a smaller menu up on the board. It's more mom and pop type stuff. I don't want to say low rent. That's no, not no. the term, but it's But it's a smaller store, but what they bring to the convention is a sample yes. of what's at the store. So I go in looking at each of the these booths knowing this is probably in the best ten percent range of what they think these people will like. If we were to move to another part of the country, another city, one of the things I would want to do as soon as possible would be to go to this kind of a convention. Yes. Wholeheartedly. This is what the community is like. Ooh, there are people who are into Power Rangers that are into this show, that Mm -hmm. show, these movies, this stuff. Mm -hmm. 
you know. Uh, and this is a store where I can go to pick up this kind of thing, to get that kind of thing, definitely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And even if you've been in the city you're in but haven't really connected with people with similar interests locally, if mm-hmm. that's something you want to do, mm-hmm. go to one of these kinds of conventions in your town. One of the things, uh, again, this I didn't really plan ahead for this. It was just, okay, we're, we're going. Um, I, I wore just a, a white golf shirt. Mm-hmm. And as I was in the convention, I was thinking, you know, I really should have worn one of my Power Ranger t-shirts. Mm-hmm. Not just because there was a lot of Power Rangers there. There was a lot of Power Ranger interest, whatever. But that kind of cues the people behind the booth. Oh, he's into Power Rangers. I have this I can sell him. Yeah. You know, because I'm, I'm very much into comics, as anyone listening to this podcast knows. But I've also got that pretty well covered. Mm-hmm. But I'm looking more when I'm doing the shopping for the Super Sentai toys, for things a little bit more off the beaten path. Mm-hmm. Because I'm, I don't need back issues. I've got fifty, sixty thousand. Yeah, you know. Um, but that's me. If if you're if you're into Star Wars, wear a Star Wars shirt, or yes. Star Trek, or Firefly, or Battlestar mm-hmm. Galactica, or a Marvel, or DC, or an Image, or whatever. Advertise what you are into, and if you are looking to make local connections, this is a great way to do it. You just got to be a little more outgoing. Well, and I would certainly recommend it for college freshmen. It's a great way for, again, either college freshmen or otherwise new to mm-hmm. the community to, to kind of get a feel for it, find out what groups there are mm-hmm. uh, that are worth hanging out with or not. Yeah. Maybe you're into that stuff, but you get the wrong vibe from them. They, they're they not into it for the same reasons you are or whatever. Yes. But it it really gave me a sense of what the that aspect of the San Antonio uh, geek culture is into. Mm-hmm. Again, I saw a much bigger prevalence of, of the Power Ranger stuff than I was expecting. Pleased with that, though. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw one person dressed up as uh, uh, one of the characters from an episode of Doctor Who. And I thought it was really well done. Nice. It's like, okay, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, saw, again, the Nightwings, the Terminator, the, the Two-Face, a lot of the expected sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Nothing right or wrong about that. There was a fair amount of cosplay. Mm-hmm. Fair amount of people just going there to have a good time. Yes. A lot of kids. Um, I could never really tell what was going on on the stage. We seemed to walk in on some kind of lightsaber demonstration. Ah, that mm-hmm. makes sense. I know they had a schedule for what was on the main stage, and it was really just on the edge of the exhibit hall. Mm-hmm. But part of what frustrated me with that, narrow aisles busy convention hall and people who were interested in what the booths had mm-hmm. uh hopefully money was changing hands didn't really pay attention to that but oh there- i know money changed hands at least one booth ask me how i know how do you know because the guy behind the booth got up and did a happy dance and said i made two dollars i made two dollars so not a lot of money changed hands and he was happy no I'm kidding. <laughs> he was happy there were a couple of times, though, as I was trying to turn a corner or get down to the next aisle, it was kind of narrow and there was a guy standing there, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and when you've got that stage in the exhibit hall, there are people stopping and looking at that versus getting out of people's way. Yeah. But I suppose that's not a bad problem to have for a convention. The fact that it was very well attended, I'm trying to remember which convention it was at where we walked in and it felt like a ghost town. Oh, I do remember that. I can't remember which one it was, but I remember walking in and just being amazed by all the openness. Yep. Ten foot aisle, not much going on. 
Yeah. There's the artist stuff way over there. Yeah. Um, and this was one where I felt they could have used wider aisles. It would have given the room, uh, given the, the, the hall more room to breathe, but they didn't have more room. Yeah. They yeah. filled this hall for the, the exhibit hall. They filled the artist alley. And in the back of the artist alley, you've had your main draws. George Perez, Ethan Van Skyver, you had a bunch of people in between. Mm-hmm. And you could get down the aisle, the three aisles or whatever, but it was a little tight. Well, we um, found a parking spot without circling, but the parking lot was certainly full. We were at the outer reaches. People were double parked, and it was an awkward parking lot. It was to an awkward thinking. parking lot, but I think we also benefited from it was around lunchtime. So some people had already, it'd been long yep. enough, some people had left. Yeah. And clearly, if people were double parking, then it was really full at one point. Yeah. But what also got me in terms of that with the crowds is the hallways mm. had people solid line. Now, I don't know if they were panel rooms they were waiting for, They're, that's or what, the restrooms, or what. It seemed to be they were waiting for panel rooms. Okay. Because I saw them near signs that indicated panels this way. One thing I think they could do better on their website for the Texas Comic Con is a full map of the venue, mm. map of the Shriner, the, 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 the building. Yeah. And kind of place things in there. Because I had seen a map of Artist Alley. I'd seen a map of the exhibit hall. But it's just, here's where the tables are. Mm-hmm. And I had no clue, well, what door am I walking? Where what, Where are the walls? Where are the doors, for that matter? Much, much, much less which one I'm walking into. And mm-hmm. is the Artist Alley in the same room as, as the exhibit hall? Is it not? So yeah. I was able to piece it together once I was there. But I'm the kind of guy that really likes to have my bearings when I go in. Yeah. One of the places I was interested in was uh, Japan Toys. I walked the whole floor. I must have seen them and must not have, have noticed their name, at least. And I'd seen enough places that had Japanese toys that one blurred into the other. But if there was a business card to, to, to go have picked up from them, yeah, I wouldn't even know which booth it was. I'm sure it might have been obvious on the website. But again, didn't do my advanced planning, etc. Yeah. Whereas the uh, the Toy Dojo picked up their card and may do business with them. Yeah. But had the room had a layout and bearings and I'd said, oh, it's on this aisle by this thing. Yeah. That would have helped. Now, one of the flyers I picked up was actually for the uh, San Antonio Symphony, which doesn't sound like a natural for a Comic-Con. But they are doing the uh, live symphony performance of the E.T. soundtrack while showing uh-huh. E.T., and then in the spring, they're doing Indiana Jones. Oh, that's cool. And I I think this live soundtrack, it it's funny. To me, it appeals because it harkens back to the early days of movies. Yeah. There's something about having the music played live mm-hmm. that gives it a, a different kind of an energy. Yeah. And a different aspect to it. Yeah. I would be worried. I would. One, I'm not a musician, but if I were, I would be worried about trying to perform in that sort of situation for fear of, you know, if I'm looking at the film, yeah, I'm, I'm getting sucked into the film. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. But that's just me. It better be a movie you don't want to watch. That's all I can say. The nice thing with a convention this size is it does not take long to walk the hall mm. to, to see what you want to see. And... If you only have a limited amount of time, you can do it in pretty short order. Mm-hmm. We definitely spent more time commuting to it than at it. Mm-hmm. But I knew that going in was likely to be the case. Um, very glad I went. was mm-hmm. very impressed by it. I thought it was well run. I think they need a bigger venue. 
Yeah, which saddens me because I do like their location and I like aspects of where they are. I just wish that building was bigger. I wish that parking lot had a nicer layout. Yeah, but the fact that they filled the parking lot, they filled the venue, Mm -hmm. but not to the point of I just can't move. Yes. I mean, if it was much more crowded, I'd have been really not so happy. Mm. As it was, a little hard to get down the aisles, but... I prefer it to be a busy convention versus a ghost town because then I know it's worth the time for them to do the convention again. Yes. I know it's worth the time for uh, the the people, the exhibitors to go to the convention again. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Whereas there have been a couple where it's like, you know, and I'm trying to remember again which one that was that we went to that it was just empty. Yeah. No, this was as crowded as a Thursday at San Diego in terms of people per square foot. Yeah. By and large, friendly people mm-hmm. and, you know, good-natured, and that helped a lot. Because mm-hmm. um, there were one or two times I'm, you know, craning my neck trying to see behind people, oh, well, let me get out of your way kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thanks. I didn't want to say, hey, get the hell out of my way. But mm-hmm. I was trying to see what was behind you. Mm-hmm. Well, at one point, you just turned to me and said, I want to hang here for a second so when there's a chance I can go in this booth. And the guy heard you, and he said, oh, let me dart out of your way so you can step into the booth. Mm-hmm. You know, and then he asked me, do you want to join him in the booth? I'm like, no, good out here. Thank you. I thought about saying, ah, she's in charge of making sure I don't spend <laughs> I'm holding his wallet hostage. It was the kind of thing, if they had had some of the Sentai toys I didn't have, I was fully expecting to uh, to walk out of there with a big stack of them. Uh, so I was happy they didn't have it <laughs> again. Just bought a new car battery. Um, But again, that's to me, part of the fun of it is not going looking for anything in particular. Mm-hmm. But seeing what there is to see and seeing different stuff mm-hmm. than just the here's the big popular items that are guaranteed sellers that are worth taking to a San Diego Comic-Con. Yes. So for, for from my perspective, if you're interested in going to conventions, because I've had one or two co-workers after getting back from Comic-Con of how do I get tickets? Mm-hmm. Well, it's going to take a little while and stuff. Have you been to a convention before? No, but I want to go to San Diego. Great, mm-hmm. but I really think you ought to start with a local convention. Mm-hmm. Make sure it's what you think it is. Make sure mm-hmm. you have fun. It's worth your time and money. Mm-hmm. If you, if not, why not? Mm-hmm. Maybe you should still then go to a regional convention. Maybe you shouldn't. Yeah, but start with one like this that's crowded, busy, but has some fun stuff to do, and is in one building. Yes, and is in something that is a manageable size. You don't start out running a marathon. Yes. You know, can you handle the crowds? Can you handle the noise, the chaos? Because it there's a certain chatter and buzz and activity level at one of these conventions. Mm-hmm. Works for some people, doesn't work for others. For me, there comes a point where it's like I've had enough. Yeah, this one did not have lots of videos going like crazy or video gaming displays or noise making of that variety. No, no. This is, again, there... That's one of the differences between the the, the, the sizes of conventions. Mm-hmm. At the San Diego thing, you've got, oh God, I wouldn't even know if there's like a thousand, two thousand, how many video displays there are, how many speakers there are, how many video game units mm-hmm. there are how many, actively doing stuff. How many people on microphones and basically bullhorns yes. trying to be heard over other people. You get some of that at that middle level of convention, the regional types, mm-hmm. but a handful of them per convention. Yeah. You know, you, when we did the Wizard World San Antonio, the 
the roar of the crowd whenever the, the boys <gasps> from the vibe would turn or something. Yes, yes. You know, you don't really get that here at the sl- smaller, more intimate kind of convention. But you can actually go up to a John Wesley ship, a George Perez or whomever mm-hmm. and say, hi, I like your work. Yeah, this has no Disneyland line coils for you to walk around and zoom through to get to the people. You just walk right up to the table. And I think that's a good first experience for somebody to have. Yes. But then to go to a regional convention and realize, ooh, there are more people. Yes. There are more people between me and the person I want to see. George mm-hmm. Perez, you again, John the Wesley ship, you can go right up to him and talk. Yes. Perez had a bit of a line. True, true. But you go to a wizard convention, that mm-hmm. size, regional sort of a thing. Now you've got to get in a line to go do the same, get the autograph. But at that kind of place, you get in a line to be stopped 10 feet back from where he's sitting. Yes. Because there's a privacy buffer, if you will, for him and whoever's currently talking to him. At this convention, he was 15 feet from the other vendors. Yeah, the next vendor over. Yeah. You know, and that's the kind of difference. But if you start with that, go to the regional, and then when you get to San Diego, mm-hmm. you, you, you realize the sense of, of, of how things have to change for the order of magnitude. Yes. And I think people who want to just dive into, let's go to San Diego with an exhibit hall the, the size of, of 10 football fields. Well, at San Diego, John Wesley Ship would probably be part of a ticketed autograph signing. Probably. Instead of just being under the sales in an autograph area. And that might even be part of a random draw or something like that, not even a go in the morning to get the ticket type thing. Whereas here, you can just walk up, pay your money, get your autograph. It's the equivalent of, can I just drive from my house to the nearby convention center or shrine auditorium or whatever, walk in for a couple of bucks and go have a good time for an afternoon? Okay, let's take that up a level. Now it's a city over. Still a car ride. Maybe I need a hotel. I certainly want to get dinner before I head back. Whatever. A little more expensive. Oh, there are a little more people, a little more hoops to jump through versus, okay, I'm going to drive multiple states away or fly. Mm-hmm. Definitely got to have a hotel room. Got to gotta finagle the, the food for the whole time. You know, figure mm-hmm. out the logistics. Take days off from work. Take days off from work versus it's just a quick thing to do on a Saturday afternoon kind of mm-hmm. deal. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I really... And it comes down to what do you want? Do you want something that's got everything under one place that you're not going to have time to, to necessarily see it all, like San Diego? Or do you want something where it may not have everything on the planet, but what it has you can see all of? Yeah, yeah. And, and enjoy immensely. Different experiences for different purposes, different reasons. But I think, again, going to the more regional stuff, there's a lot of benefit. And, and there's a lot of stuff you will find there that you will not find at these huge conventions like san diego mm-hmm. so again when i hear people say i've never been to any convention and i want to go to san- start with san diego great i haven't gone running do you think i'm going to start with the boston marathon mm-hmm. it just it, it, mm-hmm. the endurance side of the san diego comic-con to me is a major factor this to me today was a no-brainer it's like Mm-hmm. I've got other things I could have and arguably should have been doing today. Preview spotlight, crunching the July numbers, whatever. But this was a fun way to spend the day. It was. So we've talked about uh, that. We've talked about the artist alley. I'm trying to think, is there anything else we need to cover? Oh, there is. We stopped at a tourist destination on the drive home. We stopped at uh, 
again, we had to drive to from Austin to San Antonio, about a 90-minute drive, not a big deal. Coming back, because I had started with a half tank. I wasn't really planning on the trip uh, a couple of days ago. Uh, we decided to get gas. We went to Bucky's. Mm-hmm. And I should have thought to take a photo of it. We'll see if we can find a link on Google Maps. This is a gas station. We're in Texas. We do everything bigger here. I think they had at least 80 pumps. Probably. The pumps were an entire, like, half a city block or more of islands of pumps. And then another set of islands of pumps. And then the building. And to me... You don't start out with running a gas station with that. You start out with a, just a two-pump thing and you build your way up. Just like start with a smaller convention and work your way up. This is a San Diego Comic-Con-sized gas station. Oh, yeah. I have seen strip malls with smaller parking lots yes. than this place. And I would like to know note that one of the traffic jams you got caught in was in the parking lot of Bucky's. Arguably two of them. <laughs> That's true. The one when the guy in front of us was trying to pull out, he couldn't get out because yep. we moved to the f- further ahead pump. And mm-hmm. the other one, we were trying to get out, and mm-hmm. there was a, a long line to, to get out to the access road again. This thing had a bigger building for the convenience store than, I think, small department stores in rural towns have for the department store. Yeah. I think the line from where we were at the front pump out to the access road for the uh, interstate was 10 to 15 cars, give or take, long? Certainly 10. Yeah. And that's what was causing the traffic jam of people trying to merge into that departure line. I I just thought it was fun to go to because it's just such a wild idea of here is a gas station that's just gargantuan. Mm Mm-hmm. Had good price on the gas, too. It did. $2.22, which I'm sure certain people in certain parts of the country are thinking, my God, you can get it for how cheap? Mm Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. per gallon. <laughs> but yeah, it made for a fun day. It uh, Again, we left here a little before 10 a.m. and got back uh, a little before 4. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll be honest, we only spent maybe an hour or so at that convention. The plan had been to spend a little longer because I wanted to go to a panel and one or two things like that. But mm-hmm. the, the, the panel schedule just didn't work out for us. Uh, because, again, two of the panels I wanted to go to were on the Friday, so couldn't do that. And we missed the one this morning because of uh, the, the car trouble. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, having gone to San Diego since it was this size. Yeah. You know, I like seeing these smaller conventions. It's a different vibe, different feel to them. I like how this one is doing a lot of things right. Yes, definitely. Um, friendly people easy to get in in terms of quick path friendly people with the 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 badge thing mm-hmm. uh the free soda was awesome um again they got good guests they had plenty of vendors with interesting stuff mm-hmm. good people uh cosplay community uh, aspect to it mm-hmm. um i just i think they're outgrowing that venue yeah but the fact they even thought to have well let's have our own food court of food trucks yeah Smart move. Yeah, definitely. If they move venues, I hope they keep it on the north side of town so it's easy for us to get to from Austin mm-hmm. or move it a little more between the two towns. Mm-hmm. Because if I think there's one or two places near kind of the, the halfway point mm. that have convention center yeah. facilities, whether it's big enough or not, don't know. Mm-hmm. But Well, I think the 
perk of the way they set it up by having that food court of food trucks, etc., was much like San Diego when you first started going, a parent could drop their teenager off mm-hmm. and say, I'll pick you up in five or six hours. Yeah. And really, that's awesome. One of the things I liked about it is I saw a wide age range of people. Yeah. A lot of kids, uh, teenagers, uh, college age types, uh, some more our age group, some above that. Mm-hmm. Um, they seem to have a good uh, selection of some local artists. Brought in people again, like Ethan Van Skyver, uh, George Perez. Uh, Perez, I know, lives in, I'm pretty sure, Florida. So bringing him out for this. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, they're doing a good job. I, I want to see them continue to be successful. I appreciated getting the press badge mm-hmm. um, and having the opportunity to, to check out the show and enjoy it. Yeah. Um, this is one that I definitely recommend for anyone. Certainly, if you're in San Antonio and you don't go to this. Oh, you're missing out on a treat. You've, you've missed a wonderful opportunity. Yeah. Um, if you're in Austin, certainly south side, it's worth the, the hour and a half drive. Yeah. If you're on the north side or in Round Rock or up on that, okay, that's that's. Mm-hmm. I get that's another 45-minute aspect to the drive. That That's where it's okay. Mm-hmm. Check the guests. Check the booths, the exhibit hall, the panel schedule. It's worth strongly considering it's mm-hmm. not a slam dunk. Yeah, but the current location is not far from where 281 drops off at 1604 from the Hill Country. That's true. So if you're coming in from the Hill Country, it's incredibly convenient. It's something that even in the Round Rock side of town, you could still do as a day trip. Mm-hmm. You may have to get up a little. But, I mean, one of the people I met at uh, San Diego Comic-Con, uh, Mia and Bruno, who do MMPR toys on, on YouTube, they live up in Pasadena. Mm-hmm. Get up at the crack of dawn, hop the train, get down to San Diego that way, spend the day, hop the train, get back up their home that night. Yeah. Now, I don't have quite the stamina necessarily to do that, but... Mm-hmm. If you can find either that kind of, of uh, train type schedule or just do that kind of a drive and do it as a single day trip like we did today. Yeah. Um, and we could have spent, we could have gotten up earlier and gotten there earlier if we had needed to. We mm-hmm. certainly could have stayed later. Well, Would have helped not to have the car trouble, but yes. we could have done a full day there mm-hmm. with the hour and a half-ish, two hours on either end commute and not have incurred the cost of a hotel. Well, and when I was in college, we were 75, 80 miles from both Dallas and Fort Worth. And we would just find four or five people that all wanted to go to a convention that was down in either Dallas or Fort Worth. At that point, not only does the gas become incredibly cheap because you've divided it by so many people, but the fun you have... With four or five people talking in a car all the way down about the shows you're enjoying and all this stuff. And then on the way back about all the fun you had. It's just great socializing time. Absolutely. And it comes down to finding people, like-minded individuals that are into the same sorts of things you are. Yeah. Same TV shows, same comic books, same games, same movies, whatever. Yeah. And... Doing these types of things as a, a group can be a lot of fun. Part of why I've really had a, a blast the last couple of years at San Diego is we hang out with the the Chans. Mm-hmm. They have their interests. We have ours. There's a lot of overlap. There's some definite differences too. Mm-hmm. But that allows people to share what they're into that the others haven't discovered yet. 
Mm-hmm. And when you've got half a dozen different people, particularly for a show the size of San Diego that you can't possibly cover alone, oh, did you see this over here? Yes. And even just today, you were pointing out a couple of things to me, like the the psych cards that I hadn't noticed. You know, so going with people that know what you're into and why can really kind of expand your your radar at these shows. Mm -hmm. Well, and so often it's fun to see things that, no, you're not going to buy it. But gosh, it's interesting. Mm -hmm. Like the psych cards. You know, I wasn't going to lay down money, but that's really cool to know that's out there. And again, it comes down to you can walk through one of these conventions and somebody else could walk right behind you and you would see totally different things. Definitely. Based on what you're looking for. Yeah. So I'm, again, looking forward to what they do next year. Certainly interested in going back to this convention. Mm-hmm. Uh, I definitely think people ought to look at the the local regional convention, local city conventions yeah. and regional conventions. Uh, again, the fact they got George Perez down here. Mm-hmm. Pretty cool. Um, would have loved to have gone to the Q&A session, that kind of a thing. It's it's surprising who shows up at some of these lower, I don't say lower key, but again, mm-hmm. uh, geographically specific conventions. Yeah. The ones that, uh, I don't know how widely Texas Comic Con advertises. I don't know how widely they should. I, I think it's very much, this is a show that's that's San Antonio centric, as it should be. I'm trying to remember how I found out about it. I don't remember. We have had such a busy summer. Yeah. Um, But I know it was back in April, give or take, late April, early May, that I found out about it and sent you the first email asking, do we want to reach out to them and see about covering it? Because it had been so long since I had gone to, you know, and you're right, Capital City Con here was similar but this one to me felt like it had even more of a these are our stores vibe to it i would say as much fun as the capital city one was here in austin last year i like this one better it seemed to have a more energetic vibe to the crowd yeah um people were very much having a good time hey check this out look at this whatever a very engaged kind of geek community very engaged very happy very polite yeah Every single person who accidentally bumped against me said, I'm sorry. Everybody seemed to be I mean, not just wanting to have a good time, but not wanting to do it at the expense of other people having a good yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. It's been a long time since I was on any convention floor where every person who bumped into me was apologetic and verbally, obviously... That is one thing I'm noticing about San Diego is it's getting a bit more impersonal in that respect. Yeah. Well, in San Diego, it's becoming almost a you're expected to assume everyone's in a hurry to get to a panel, to get to a signing, to get to something. You're expected to understand that that's the mindset. Mm -hmm. Whereas here, everyone was going on the assumption that I don't want to inconvenience you. I don't want to hurt you. I want you to have just as much fun as I'm having. Well, and the bottom line is that a show this size, there's plenty of time to do everything. Yeah. Unless you're, you know, about to miss a panel of which they had, what, two tracks? Yeah. It's easy to schedule. I can go to this panel. I'll have plenty of time to do the artist alley, the exhibit hall floor, whatever. Mm-hmm. Were I of a mind to it, and I probably never would be, mm-hmm. I could have gone with the, the, the Zoom H5 here and these microphones 
and done a good five minute interview with every booth that was willing to do one. Mm -hmm. And had every booth been willing to do one, I would have had time during the course of the convention. Yeah. And actually, if, if I were of a mind to run a convention, which I never will be, that would be one of the things I would consider doing as part of it. Yeah. Because imagine if you've got a way to be promoting your, your booth people, you mm -hmm. know, your, your, your exhibitors, you know, like leading up to it afterwards, the next year, whatever. Mm -hmm. You know, what is it about your store that's great? You know, whatever. It's mm -hmm. Well, I'll admit, if I had not been feeling like I'd just spent 20 minutes out in the Texas sun yes, on our degree day with you um, and not feeling just frustrated about the car, etc. I would have stopped and talked to John Wesley ship, but I just was in that aggravated mindset. Of, I was in the tired uh, and, and again, had worked up a definite sweat. Just I was just in that cranky about the car mindset. Yeah. You and know, it's funny because it was my car. I know, but I was enjoying the con immensely, but it was the, I know 99% odds say the car is going to start when we go back out there. Yeah. But there's that 1% chance. There was the aspect of wanting to get back up to Austin in time to take it to the dealership here if we needed to. Yeah. You know, so as much as I would have enjoyed talking to him, I didn't have any really good questions that could... Yeah, that's part of why I don't do too much wanting to go talking to people at these conventions. Mm -hmm. um, if I'd had a great question to spark a great conversation or something like that, or if I'd been in a better mindset, I would have. I, I will say, I mean, again, I'm a huge George, George Perez fan. Didn't speak to him at all at this one. Didn't really feel the need to. He mm. had people he was doing sketches for. He was mm -hmm. doing his thing, seemed very happy. Which to me is cool. I've already had some great conversations with him. I had mm. one year at San Diego. He was had gotten his badge. He was waiting out. And this was right after uh, the JLA Avengers number three cover and stuff. And I basically went up, said, hey, I'm a fan of your work. You did a great job on this. What's going on? You know, and had a very awesome talk with him for probably 10, 15, 20 minutes as we were waiting for the hall to open before uh, preview night that night. Very cool. And he is just an awesome guy. And he was happy as happy could be. You know, he was there on his own dime, not beholden to anybody. Things were going good. Yeah, there was a... He'd injured his hand, which is slowing down JLA Avengers, but he's getting better and stuff. And mm -hmm. You know, um, it, it's fun to have those opportunities. Yeah, yeah. But I'm enough of an introvert uh, to... That's just not my normal mindset. Yeah. You know? I don't want to talk to someone just for the sake of talking to them. I want to have a meaningful conversation. So do I. It's just hard in those situations to, to have. It's hard to have both something prepared worth saying and have a natural organic yeah. conversation. Yeah. How do you get in? How do you get out? You know, it's. Yeah. It's an awkward situation. And like for I said. For me, that, very much so. Yeah. And that's why I didn't approach him i mean there's a part of me that's curious because this is his second time off last show what's it like what differences has he noticed i enjoyed just walking by at one point when he was at his booth or his table somebody had come up wanted the photo and he's very much yeah yeah we'll do this and mm -hmm. he seemed very personable very friendly yeah uh, very much wanting to i don't say give back to the fan community but you mm -hmm. know what? just mm -hmm. he's doing what he's doing because people you know appreciate his work yeah to me, him being on the uh, John Wesley ship, being on the Flash show, 
is really cool, both as an acknowledgement of he played that character mm-hmm. before, and the acknowledgement of it's not like this is the first time the Flash has ever been done. Yeah, there are things that led to this, and if they can acknowledge both the film and TV stuff that led to this, or TV stuff that led to this, and also the comic stuff, and pay homage to that, they're treating the material. And the people who've worked on the material with respect. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it's uh, Greg Berlanti is one of the, the mm-hmm. guys behind the scenes, executive producers, also doing Supergirl, which is going to have Dean Cain, uh, who played uh, Superman on Lois and Clark. It's going to have uh, Helen Slater, who played Supergirl in the movie. I think there's talk of Laura Vandevort, who played Supergirl on uh, Smallville, doing a guest cameo or whatever. Nice. Yeah. And it's one of those, again, it's paying respect to the those who've who've kind of made the current crop of uh, TV shows, movies, and geek culture success possible. Yeah. Because Grant Gustin's doing an awesome job as The Flash, but it's not all him that's making this work, or even the fact that, that Arrow did so well. Some of that leads back to, well, you know what? They made Green Arrow a valuable character on Smallville. Mm-hmm. Smallville, that happened. Well, you know what? Uh, Lois and Clark did pretty decent, you know? Yeah. Different shows, different times, different takes, different actors, etc. But there's a continuity there. Yeah. That is what leads to people appreciating the stuff, liking the stuff. And that's what leads to small conventions, regional city ones or city ones like this mm-hmm. being incredibly well attended. I went to the uh, taping of a sitcom at the studio where Lois and Clark was being filmed when the pilot was being filmed. Interesting. And the sitcom that I went to the taping of had Courtney Cox in it, and it had uh, one of the perfect strangers. Um, the cousin with the accent. Oh, oh, uh, uh, Bronson Pinchot? There you go. Um, it also, I think, had one of the guys off Riptide. Joe Perry, um... Mm-hmm. Uh, the blonde. Oh, uh, that one will come to me later. I want to say Rick King, but that's wrong. It's mm. totally wrong. It's uh, uh. Anyway, it'll come to me. Yeah. Um, but uh, through an odd sequence of events during the filming, I had found out Lois and Clark was happening elsewhere on the studio lot because uh, they thought that um Alex Keaton was starring in a new show that was filming there. And I'm like, there is no actor, Alex Keaton. The security guard talking with me was very confused. And finally, by the end of the night, I'd pieced together all these things. He was mixing up parts of names. And the person he had been trying to tell me about at that point was Michael Keaton, who was dating Courtney Cox. Now, I realized that because he had to come and ask me if I would give my seat up for somebody because I was in the front row mm-hmm. and be moved to a back row seat. So I did. Michael Keaton went and sat in my seat. At the end of the filming, the security guard came up to me and said, we need you to stay a few minutes. They have a thank you gift for you for giving up your seat. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Courtney Cox came up into the stands and signed a script for me. Very cool. Yeah, this was before Friends. Mm-hmm. If she, if this sitcom had lasted, she wouldn't have done Friends. Well, at that point, she had done Misfits of Science. Yes. The video for Bruce Springsteen. And mm-hmm. I don't know what else. Yeah, yeah. 
um, she offered to have her photo taken with me. And my parents and I pull out the camera and the security guy's like, no, no, I can't let you do that. I'm sorry because of uh, union, union union rules. And she said, well, what if I walk with her out to the street and we step off the lot? Can we do it? And he said, yeah, but I'm not allowed to let you leave the lot because you aren't done filming. So Courtney Cox stood up for me and almost had a fight with this security guard over wanting to have her photo taken with me to thank me for yeah. all this stuff. Something she had instigated. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, this has been so nice of you. I really appreciate it. But I don't want a verbal fight here. Thank you. Please go back to filming and have a great show. Right. So the security guard walked us out now after everybody else from the audience was gone because it was so late. And on the way out, he's trying to tell me more of what he was getting wrong from before. And that's when he starts explaining stuff that months later I pieced together was him trying to tell me that Dean Kane was filming Lois and Clark uh. there on the studio. And he thought the sitcom I was seeing, which I believe was called The Trouble with Larry, was going to be a far more successful show because it had some good names in it. Mm. Whereas this total unknown guy was flying around the studio in tights and he just couldn't imagine how that show was going to take off. Let's see. Based on a property that uh, people have known about for... At that point, uh, 50, 60 years, 60 years? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and at the time, because he didn't know to say Lois and Clark. And, Superman. Mm-hmm. Well, he had Clark in there somewhere because he kept mixing first names from this with last names from that. That's got to be a, a tough problem to have as a security guard on a movie and TV studio. Oh, it was I mean, funny. it's not like some of these people, oh, wait, they are famous. Yeah. But it just goes to show how many aspects of geek culture there are from the tv shows the comics the movies the video games mm. the, the japanese anime uh, on up and down and there's something for everybody at these conventions well but you also look at how long ago that was i mean i was what teenager-ish when this was happening yeah you know at a time when christopher reeves was our superman mm-hmm. and really superman was known and popular but he wasn't at the forefront of culture like well, he is now as a character he was recognized but comic culture then mm-hmm. even during the height of of those superman movies even during later the michael keaton batman movies mm. batman and superman well those are comic characters versus mm-hmm. now the avengers are some of the top grossing movie characters of all time yeah and now we've got Batman versus Superman coming up. We've got, you know, this whole slate of DC stuff. DC Comics for the upcoming season has seven TV shows. Mm. Yeah. There have been decades they were lucky to have a TV show. Yeah. For a season or two. Yeah. To, to now have one season that's got a full full boat, you know, enough to do one per day. Were they to do new programming every night? Because I don't know that they do it always on uh, Saturday Sunday. Anyways. That's that's where the culture has gone. Mm-hmm. The I don't say the geeks have inherited the earth, but uh, the stuff we like is wildly popular. Yeah, yeah. And if you're not tapping into the local community, the local convention scene, you're missing out on some stuff. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Anything else? Does that pretty much do it? I think that does it. Cool. 
The show notes and forum for this podcast can be found at www.comicbookpage.com under the podcast and forum sections of the website. Please email us at theguys at comicbookpage.com and let us know what you think of what was discussed in this episode. Thanks for listening.